Hello, I'm Liv Bolton and welcome back to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire you to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of your life. The Outdoors Fix is produced in association with our friends at Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports. My guest in this episode is Laura Doling. She's a postwoman in the Lake District, as well as a hiker, paddleboarder and wild swimmer. For those of you who have ever dreamt about moving your job and home to the countryside, this episode's for you. Laura used to live in a town in Essex, work in healthcare, and she says she spent many of her weekends getting dressed up and going out. But after a camping trip in the Lake District in May 2018, she made the huge decision of moving her life and job to the countryside. Plans like these can often take years to pull off, but extraordinarily, Laura managed to do it all within two months, and by July 2018, she was working and living there. I met Laura at her new home near the village of Wennington in Lancashire, 20 miles from the Lake District, where she's converting an old barn with her partner, Chris. They're hoping to turn it into their own small holding and complete their countryside dream. I wanted to find out more about why Laura wanted to move from Essex to the Lake District, how she made it happen when moves like these can seem incredibly daunting, her outdoorsy life, and what it's like doing the postal round in the Langdale Valley. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and don't forget to listen out for Laura's tips and the sounds of nature at the end of the podcast. So here's Laura. Laura, hello. Hiya. Welcome to the Outdoors Fix podcast. Thank you. We are in your barn conversion that you're currently in the middle of yep. in Lancashire, but, but quite close to the Lake District, aren't we? We're literally on the border of Cumbria, Yorkshire and Lancashire. Got it. And this is a big new project for you, a big new part of your kind of outdoorsy life, isn't it? It is, yeah, massively. <laughs> when did you buy this and how long is it going to take to convert? Um, so we actually completed back in July, but it was, it's been a, a long, long process trying to get hold of it. Um, we've been looking for over a year and going through different barns. And then when we found this one, it was back in October last year. And it's taken that long to get through to actually having it and we've been by you know chomping at the bit trying to wait to get here but yeah so and it's generally two years is our uh, deadline gosh so it's gonna be a lot of work over two years yeah yeah busy two years <laughs> but this barn is beautifully situated you've got fields all around you gorgeous views of the hills and it's a really country outdoorsy spot and it's this is quite a change in lifestyle that you've had since a few years ago which i want to explore in a minute but um when you're not here you work for the royal mail delivering post yep yep in the langdale valley in the lake district yeah most of the time yeah i do a few different rounds um mainly in the langdales uh, but i you know work in windermere and hawkshead generally i'm sort of everybody's rest day cover so when they're off during the week i take over their round so it's nice because it's a bit more versatile than just having one set round to do so when you're doing your round, how long does it usually take you? What's your route? Um, so if I'm on uh, Langdale, everyone seems to have this uh, concept that posties get up really early. And we don't. Uh, <laughs> the earliest we start in our office is seven o'clock. But when I'm on Langdale, I start at nine and then I'll work through till about five. 
so and it covers a large area really because I'll, I'll start off in Ambleside go through to Clappers Gate um, and then I'll be in Chapel Style out Water, Great Langdale Little Langdale so it's it's a lot it's a, a big area and then I swing around and do all the postbox collections afterwards and a few businesses so you must get over your 10,000 steps a day oh easy yeah yeah definitely yeah what is it like delivering posts in the Langdales? I mean, I imagine there's some beautiful days and there's some probably pretty horrific days as yeah. well. Generally, you can be <laughs> driving to the Langdales and you think, oh, this is going to be a great day. You get there and it's just like got its own little microclimate. So it just seems to rain a lot, to be honest. So um, generally, we're pretty wet most of the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, on, on, a, on a nice day, it's, it's fantastic because you just sometimes I go along and I drive along and I just stop for a minute and I just think wow I work here I get to look at this view every single day so yeah it's amazing do you have like pretty lunch breaks by a, a yeah. tarn or something <laughs> well, generally I tend to stop for my lunch break uh, at a friend that I've met through delivering the post and they own a farm and I'll bob in and have a brew and have my lunch there so oh it's great yeah Fantastic. really nice yeah have you had any encounters with wildlife or, or with, I mean, probably quite a few Herdwick sheep, right? Oh, While I, you're on your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Herdwick sheep. And um, I've had some cows loose before that I've then herded up in my post van because I know where they've come from. And I sort of recognise them and I think, oh, I know who owns them. <laughs> so I'll get them rounded up in the post van. Um, in Essex, I used to end up picking up a lot of hedgehogs in my post bag. So be out, you know, midday and midday sun and there's a hedgehog in the road and you think, ah, you're not meant to be out here, mate. So, uh, yeah, I've done a few of that, picking them up, just popping in the post bag and taking them to a little hedgehog haven. So um, I'm lucky in the Lake District because I see on my round, I see deer most days, um, uh, owls and peregrines and everything is, you know. It's really amazing. Has it helped your kind of knowledge of wildlife? Yeah, my uh, my dad is uh, quite big into his bird watching. Right, so I did, used yeah. to do um, a lot of that really when I was younger. On a Saturday morning, he'd wake me up and he'd say, do you want to come bird watching today? Oh. No, dad, no, I don't want to. And he'd say, oh, I'll buy you lunch. I'll get you a chocolate bar and that'd be it. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'll be there. If we were going to pop to the bakery, I was going to go. Um, and I love that. And I think it's given me a real appreciation for wildlife actually. So. What's your outdoorsy life in the Lake District at the moment? Um, it, it's really varied um, because obviously I'm outdoors every single day for my job um, and it's changed slightly at the minute because we've taken on this massive project. Normally we would be out every weekend, we'd be with the dog and we'd be meeting up with friends and you know doing a big hike normally on a Sunday and now it's a little bit our time's taken up slightly differently still outdoors all the time uh, but just with building work instead of hiking so we're trying to find the balance i bet i bet it's absolutely exhausting doing all of this after work but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you're out in the hills what are some of your favorite walking routes i i like my quieter places now i think when i first started i was into you know your typical hot spots and you know, I like going up Helvellyn and Haystacks and they're beautiful, you know, you get amazing views, but I do like trying to find your little quieter pockets where you, you, you see some people, but generally it's a, you know, a nice day of solitude. Yeah, I um, only recently really explored the Langdale Valley and I, I think it's so beautiful. And then the other day I went up Pike of Blisco uh -huh. that looks down onto the Langdale yeah. Valley. Absolutely stunning. And those quieter spots are, yeah. you're right, just yeah. absolutely beautiful. You grew up in Essex. I did. <laughs> Where did your love of the outdoors come from? Uh, so 
generally our family holidays were always sort of based in the UK. Um, I don't really know how my mum and dad got into hiking because they didn't really have an influence for themselves. I think they just sort of decided one day they were going to walk up Snowdon and then it just sort of went on from there. But yeah, all our family holidays were, you know, packing up the car to the, full to the brim uh, and then getting to a campsite and we, we went all over and then from that we sort of started staying in holiday cottages and we always went with family friends which was lovely because it was a big you know you'd get an eight or a ten bedroom cottage and it was just fantastic and uh, normally mum likes looking out the outdoors yeah. but she's not quite keen on the walking part so she'd be like right well I'll drop you and I'll find a nice little calf and I'll read my book and yeah. uh, dad would be off with the kids and uh, yeah and it's amazing the difference of being a child going walking because you just don't feel like you expend any energy. I remember being a child and running up hills and now I'm like, oh, how did I ever manage that? <laughs> oh, that's amazing that your dad really gave you that kind of yeah. love of the outdoors. Yeah. And um, is that something that you've done since with him? Do you, I mean, do you, do you walk with your dad at the moment? Um, yeah, so I think I fell out of it for a little while as you do, becoming a teenager. Um, and then I started spending more time with my dad sort of in my early 20s and yeah we'd sort of plan little trips and get out walking and uh, my dad's very busy he works an awful lot so then it became a fact of right if I can't go with him I need to kind of go by myself um, so that's what I started to do. Oh you started doing solo hiking? Yeah yeah. Yeah. And when I first started that it would be I was so nervous because I would end up I come to the Lake District on my own and I remember the first hill I walked off my own which was Clough Head um, over near sort of Blencathra. Mm. And I remember texting my dad and saying, do you think I'll be all right? And this is where I'm going. And he used to, if I did like a hike with a few different hills, I used to text him from the summit of each one with the time that I was there, just um, in case, yeah. you know. Um, but just that, that helped really. And yeah. it's an amazing feeling when you do your first hill on your own and you get up there and you think, oh, I've made it to the top. And then when you get down and you think, oh, I've done that, yeah. you know. And it, yeah, that is, it's just... I don't know, it's that feeling of that you've managed to take yourself, get there, get down safely, and you've done something and nobody else sort of knows about it. You know, you can be up there and the whole world is just carrying on beneath you and you're up there having this tremendous moment. And when you're up there, is it also a way that you, I mean, a lot of people talk about it as a way of de-stressing. How, mm. how does the outdoors, what does the outdoors do for you? Yeah, I think majorly it's, I like, I do like walking alone, but I, I love walking with friends. And I think that's our time when we go out and we just have these really, you know, the deep conversations that you want to be having. And it just sort of, I think because it's such an open space, it gives you that room to just sort of go, oh, I just need to be a little bit honest about this. And it, it, yeah, it just gives you that time. Um, and I think when you stand on top of a mountain and you look down, it gives you a bit of perspective. You sort of can see that the whole world is carrying on and people are down there worrying about these little stresses that you know we put too much pressure on and it will carry on without you regardless so you just yeah have to remember that and it just gives you that that bit of perspective absolutely i totally agree with that your life has changed a lot so yep. you were living in essex up until 2018 mm -hmm. and then you decided to move to the lake district but tell me about your life in essex what were you doing what career you were doing, what, mm. was, what was life in Essex like? Uh, so I really, t when I was in college, I toyed about what I wanted to do with life. Um, I think I'd always been led to believe that you had to go to university. 
um, and you had to follow a set career path. Um, so I, I struggled to find what I wanted to do and I ended up going to university and studying sports and exercise science with the idea that I was either going to go into teaching or uh, physiotherapy. And I swayed more towards physiotherapy and when I came to the end of my degree, I got a first and wow. I went for my master's interview for physio and I got a nine out of 10 at the interview and it wasn't enough. I got put on a waiting list. It wow. was just so competitive. Um, and at the time I was working in healthcare uh, to you know, sort of help with the experiences to put towards my masters working with vulnerable people. And I kind of just sort of fell into just staying stuck in a job because I'd taken that year break from university where I was put on a waiting list and you then get to the stage where you're earning your money and it just becomes a bit too comfortable. Um, and then whilst I was doing healthcare, I absolutely loved it. I, I love looking after people. I used to run a 20 bed dementia unit wow. and it was stressful, but it was really, really like, rewarding. Um, and what I just didn't like was the paperwork and the politics that goes behind it. Um, I think it's brilliant when you're working on a low level and you're getting to make a real difference, but when you start working your way up the chain, that seems to fall out. Um, and I was having a real tough time at work and I then just looked online and I just saw a job to, for the post office. And I thought, my uncle's a postie. And I thought, well, I could do that. I like walking, I like the outdoors. It was a lot less hours than what I was used to, um, less money. But I just thought, well, I'm not happy what I'm doing, mm. so I need to make some sort of change. And if I need to take two jobs, I'll take two jobs. And I went for it, and I think 500 people applied, and I got it. Whoa. So yeah, it was yeah, it was in demand. Um, and yeah, that, oh, I absolutely loved working in Essex. I did a lot of walking rounds in Essex, which I don't really do up here because it's too rural. So I'd set out for the day and you know take all the post in one big trolley, and I'd do a 10-mile loop, and yeah, it was uh, living the dream. That was just apart from you didn't have the hills. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But how did the outdoors fit into your life when you were in Essex? Did you go off for weekends lots? And um, No, not really. I think I struggled to find the sort of people that love the outdoors in Essex. It's a very, very different lifestyle. People are into their party and um, yeah, people are into their fashion and, uh, and that just wasn't me. Um, I had a really good friend who's still my very good friend, Jojo. and. Um, we were just constantly, she wanted to lose a bit of weight and she'd be like, Laura, let's go out for a walk. And I was always up for it. So I'd sort of plan little coastal walks and we'd set out and sort of, you know, do five miles, 10 miles. And yeah, that was enjoyable. But we were sort of, and she's just saying now, now I'm gone. She struggles with that because she can't find anybody that will just pick up and go, yeah, we'll just walk there, stop at this cafe on the way and come back. So. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea of moving to the Lake District? How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, um, so I was up here camping on my own and, and that happened really out the blue because and my annual leave had got mucked up at work. So I remember ringing up and saying, what am I working next week? And they said, well, you're not, you're on annual leave. And I thought, oh, great. So I, I was like, right, well, I'll seize the opportunity, chuck the tent in the car and I'll drive to the Lake District. My car broke down on the way. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I finally got here, spent a week on my own, just sort of exploring and hiking. And then I was on Instagram and Nick, that you've interviewed before, she yeah. was putting out one of her big meetups. So it's when she was walking all the Wainwrights. And I just messaged and I thought, I remember laying in my tent of an evening and thinking, oh, shall I message, shall I message? And I did, and I just sort of said, can I come along? She added me straight into a WhatsApp group and there it all was. Wow. Um, and I went along on this 
walk over the weekend, uh, two days, and it was just fantastic. Met so many lovely people. You know, as soon as I turned up, it was great big hug. Hi, I'm such and such, and yeah. it just went round the group, and everyone was just really welcoming. And I spoken to people while we were walking about the fact that I wanted to change my life, and people just gave me that enthusiasm. And I, I did think if I move, I might be moving without any friends or family, but I'll always find somebody. There's always going to be somebody in the Lake District doing something. And it just seemed like such an open community. Good effort from Nick, eh? Oh, yeah, Nick. Nick is. Uh, she's. Do you know what? She doesn't give herself enough credit because she has changed a lot of people's lives. When I look at some of the people in our group and think about the lives they might have been living, and then just given that opportunity to meet other people um, in the outdoors, they've just flourished. They've really flourished. And yeah, she needs to take more credit for it because it's fabulous. So that was it. I went home, decided I was going to move, told my post office and they, they looked at me and sort of said, oh, well, it'll probably be over a year. And yeah, I decided in the May and I was here by the July. So it happened oh really, God. really quickly. So two months when you made yep. that decision to move to the yep. district. Yep. So how did that happen? Did you transfer your job from the post office in Essex to, yes. to yeah. Windermere? To Windermere, yeah. So I just kept trawling on our own uh, job site on Royal Mail and saw an opportunity come up in Windermere. And uh, I remember thinking, oh, it's, it's a little bit early. I'm not ready because of my rent still running in Essex. And, you know, but I rang the manager and she was just seemed fabulous. And uh, she was just like, right, when can you start? You know, she just wanted me to come instantly. So um, and yeah, I just spoke to my manager in Essex and the ball got rolling. And there I was <laughs> before I knew it. When you were making that final journey up to the Lake District moving, mm -hmm. what did you feel like? Yeah, it, it, strange, very strange because as well I'd, I'd left my entire flat still in Essex with all my furniture and because the lease wasn't running out to August so I came up here without really a massive plan of where I was going to sort of end up staying and living. Um, I was dating somebody at the time and ended up staying with him for a while and uh, that sort of, you know, worked out for that time and then I ended up meeting James. Who I'd, James I'd, Forrest. Yeah, James Forrest. Yeah. yeah, so I'd met him back in the May on one of them walks, and he was one of the people actually I spoke to a lot about moving, and he was one of the people that sort of said, "Yeah, just do it. You know, you just need to do it." And uh, it came up that he had a spare room, so I ended up sort of moving in with him. But the actual move, when I was driving here, I had my smart car, and it was just packed with the sort of stuff that I thought, right, I'm going to need this for now. And I was meeting some friends that weekend, and it. It was just incredible. We had the most blue sky weekend that you could have in the Lake District. And I remember finishing the weekend and just being like, I live here now, which just seemed absolutely insane to me. That must have been an amazing feeling. Mm, really was, yeah. Because sometimes you can think about how you want to change your life and sort of think that, oh, it'll happen in the future and the, that kind of thing. But then mm. to actually have thought, I've done it. I've done it, yeah. Um, and it just, to be honest, it really seemed to all just run really smoothly. It was like, I think, so I'm a big believer in if things are meant to happen, then they kind of will. I mean, you need to give them a push, but it just really seemed to unfold very easily for me. Um, it was all sort of just one after the other, and yeah, there wasn't many barriers in the way. I mean, I didn't have big responsibilities to leave in Essex. I didn't have, you know, a house. I didn't have a mortgage. I was able to just pick up and go, well, I'll go try it, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, so. What did your family say when you, you said that you were going to move away? Um, well, my family are pretty spread out, to be honest. Um, so my dad's in Essex, where I grew up, um, and my nan 
but my brother lives down in the New Forest. My mum lives in Lincolnshire. So it wasn't like I left a really big sort of family mm -hmm. unit. Um, I was very close to my nan. Um, so I did feel quite guilty actually when I left because I used to spend a lot of time with her. Um, so I did feel guilty about leaving, but you, I know that fully well she would turn around and say, well, you've got a life and you need to go and live it. So, you know, and Essex just was not for me. <laughs> When you got here then, and you were living in the Lake District, mm -hmm. what opportunities did it open up? Like, what were you doing at the weekends and after work? Oh, do you know, I just think, I look back at it now and I think, how did I have that much time? Because I would finish work and I'd be like, oh, what should I do now? And it would be a nice evening. And I think, right, I'd walk from, uh, I was standing in Ambleside, so I'd walk from Ambleside through to Grasmere. And then I remember um, going up one of the fells there and then thinking, oh, I'm on the Fairfield Horseshoe. I could just walk home from here and just walking back in an evening over the Fairfield Horseshoe. And I think when I first moved up, there was just so much, there was a real buzz about the Lake District at the time. Um, there was a lot of people here, a lot of our groups and friends, and every, every weekend there was something on. So it'd be finish work, um, you know, get down to the Langdows or to Buttermere or anywhere and pitch up, camp up and be there for the weekend. So a lot of the time I'd end up turning up in pubs in my post, like, post uniform and be sat there, which people found quite amusing. It's a good story. Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> uh, people would come in and be like, oh, the post is here. And I'd be like, I've been here since the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. There's so many, you know, things like the opportunity to do things after work, just yeah. to go up into the fells after work. Yeah. That's something that people do dream of. Well, yeah, exactly. It is because otherwise I know for some people and for me myself, when I was living in Essex, it was such a massive thing to have to pack the car up and, you know, get if you had a three day weekend, that just didn't seem enough. Um, and to have that on my doorstep that I could literally go, well, I'll finish work, pop my boots on, off I go. So, yeah. Oh, and you've got a dog. I have. Tell yeah. me about your dog. Oh, she is my absolute like, bestest friend. She's the most brilliant little pup I could ever ask for. Um, she just, you know, when they sort of say about dogs and if you want someone to love you unconditionally, get a dog. But she's just the most loyal little thing. And she's brilliant because she just gets me out all the time. Them days when you don't really feel like it, well, <laughs> Willow does and she wants to go. So you have to just sort of drag yourself. And then when you get out there, I just go, yeah, I feel better now. Head's clear and I enjoy it. So that's wonderful. Is she a Cocker Spaniel? Cocker Spaniel, yeah. She's, uh, I think she's. Uh, people recognise her more than they do me, and I'll be out walking her in the lake street. People go, "Is this Willow? This is this is Willow from Instagram." And I think, "Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm Laura. Hello." <laughs> what other activities did you try out? Did you get the opportunity to try out in the Lake District well, by the, living here? Yeah, the first weekend I moved, um, so I met some friends, and we instantly jumped on <laughs> jumped on a paddleboard with a, a, a friend. With we put bunged all our rucksack into our other friend's canoe, and we just set off and went to camp on an island. Um, and we had just a, a really nice evening camping out and it was so warm. I think most people were in hammocks actually, because it was just that warm and I didn't have the fly, like I just had the fly sheet on my tent. And then we got up the next morning, paddled back across and uh, they said, oh, should we go climbing? Well, I've never been climbing. I've never been indoor climbing or anything. Um, I think the, like, the nearest I've come to it is, you know, when you're a kid and you uh, go to a fair or something and they have one of these little climbing walls. Yeah, yeah I think that was about my, my limit. Um, and yeah, just brilliant because when you meet people like that, they just, they, they push you and they motivate you and they say, it'll be fine, just, just give it a try. And, you know, set me up with a harness. I lent some climbing shoes off somebody and there I was just, I don't know how high it was, but it, it felt pretty good. There must be, I mean, it sounds so brilliant. Mm. And 
I suppose we can all think these are with rose-tinted glasses course, about this yeah. life. What would you say are the downsides, though? I mean, is there anything you miss about Essex? I mean, you may say no, no. but <laughs> are there any downsides to sort of moving away and um, making this this time, or or, or are there, have there been difficult moments? I couldn't say really that there's any downsides for me from moving from Essex because I just I feel like I came here and I felt like I was coming home it, it really just I just felt so much more comfortable I felt really myself you know in Essex I'd been somebody that you know I had a full face of makeup all the time and hair extensions and Friday nights were going out and drinking tequila and, and now you know you're lucky if I put mascara on to be honest and I'm just in my own skin and I'm comfortable um, I can't, oh yeah, but to be honest, and barrier-wise, I don't think there, there has been much. I think I'm lucky in the fact that I could transfer my job. Mm. I think people, to, for, to live in an area like this, you're limited. You're limited in what careers you can do because there's not necessarily your, your same careers that you get in the city. Um, but if you're willing to mould yourself a bit and change, you know, it depends. For me, life's not about working. I want to be able to enjoy going to work and I want to be able to make enough money to sustain my lifestyle, but it's not the be all and end all. So. Was that a realisation that you had? Yeah. You know, when did that realisation come? I think it came when I started working for the post office. Um, so yeah, when I was in, and when I lived in Essex, I did struggle with that because I'd taken such a hit to my pay and I was renting on my own and I think my rent was £800 a month in Essex. It's, it's, you know, it was more expensive than it is here. Um, and I, yeah, I ended up eating into some savings. Um, but coming up to the Lake District, it seemed like I could live a better lifestyle because I wasn't spending money. You know, if you go out hiking, once you've got the gear, you're not spending money, are you? You're taking a packed lunch and you've got a free day out. So it's, yeah, it's just a lot more sustainable for that sort of lifestyle, yeah. You've spoken in social media about um, having anxiety, mm. do you think that this lifestyle changing your life has helped that? I mean, I know it's not something that can solve no. mental health at all, um, but do you think that that sort of finding what you really want to do and, and changing your life has helped? I think it has. I think um, where I lived in Essex, uh, there's definitely a lot more of a stigma. I think um, you wouldn't be able to talk as openly as what you do here, uh, especially in the outdoor community. It's very, very open. People are very honest about their mental health, and I think that's fantastic. Um, in Essex, you just wouldn't have that opportunity to do that. Um, and yeah, I, I do think the, the point is if I, I know fully well if I'm feeling down, if I'm feeling anxious, that if I do get myself outside, and like I say, sometimes it's a bit of a drag, and it's like I say, it's brilliant to have my dog because she, she makes me go. and. Yeah, it's not a cure, but it definitely is a therapy. It helps, definitely. This new chapter, you're obviously still working, doing your round in the Langdales, yep. obviously, but you've moved sort of 40 minutes away mm -hmm. down to this part on the border of Lancashire and the Lake District. Converting this barn. Yeah. What sparked this idea? Well, um, it's funny, really. I met, I met Chris and uh, we met through Instagram and he came on one of our walks. And we just, I remember we were down Kentmere one day and we just saw this barn up for sale. And we both looked at each other and said, oh. And obviously Chris is an architect, he's, you know, he loves old barns and uh, it's an interest for him, it's a passion. So he just sort of said, well, I'm gonna go have a look around it. 
do you fancy coming along? And I think we'd only been dating a couple of months. Um, wow. And we, yeah, we ended up booking a viewing and going round. And then we were like, should we buy it? And we started looking into it. And I remember thinking, oh, all our friends are going to think we're insane. Our families are going to be like, what are you doing? Um, but actually, all of our friends were just really like, yeah, we can see that you're great together. You're a good team. Go for it. Um, and yeah, we we lucked out in Kentmere, um, and actually now I look back in hindsight, and I think yeah, for the right reasons. Um, but it, yeah, it just sparked this mad like mission of trying to find a barn. So most weekends, if uh, on a Saturday, we'd be out driving around looking for barns, approaching people, um, <laughs> and then yeah, on the Sundays we'd be hiking and busy dreaming about it. So yeah, oh. it's just sort of gone on from there, really. So this is going to be a big, big project. But what do you envisage having here when it's done? I mean, are you going to be trying to get a sort of little swall holding going? Yes, definitely. Uh, people say I'm very like old before my time. I, I love my vegetable gardening. Um, so do I. And <laughs> you know, I just dream of having chickens. That's that, that's like just the little dream for me. Um, I was saying to you when you first turned up that me putting a shed up was just I was just absolutely stoked I just got this own little space this little shed and you know now I've got like grass to cut I've never had like a lawn to cut so um it's amazing and yeah we've got an acre of land at the minute um, and we've planted started planting an orchard we're trying to plant okay. trees at the minute to get them established um we you know because otherwise it's a two-year project and then you'd finish the barn look around you and have an empty field essentially um i love my wildlife and i just want to make it a space that's just really really wildlife friendly i want to encourage all the little critters and the birds and um yeah so i definitely envision having like a working garden and hopefully in the future to have a little bit more land because i would love to have a couple of little herdies and you know maybe a pig and some donkeys i just that i me surrounded by animals is just like my dream so Oh, it sounds idyllic. So when you look back at your life in Essex mm -hmm. and you look back at your life now, and bear in mind, it's only been about two years. Yeah, it's not been long. Yeah, what do you think? To be honest, I can't even, it, it seems like a different lifetime. Um, funny enough, when I talk to people from Essex and um, I've just had my friend Jojo visit um, for the weekend and you know, it's just such a different life and I don't even feel like I lived it. It, I, you know, I, like I say, I feel so much more comfortable as I am now. Um, so to look back on that, you know, I, I can't even remember that person. It's, yeah, it's strange, but I definitely feel a lot more sort of comfortable here. It's been a, it's been a big change. If someone's to say, what does the outdoors mean to you? What would you say? I would say friends and therapy, because that's what it is. Um, you know, the outdoors, there's, a, there's something magical for just being outside with other people. You can just relax. Um, and that's what the outdoors is for me, really. It's my, my bit of therapy. Laura, who are the three people who have inspired your outdoors adventures? First of all, I'd have to say obviously my parents because they gave me that love for it. They gave me that opportunity when I was younger. Um, you know, they, they ignited the passion for me. So definitely my parents. Um, my dad obviously was the one that was getting outdoors with us, but my mum, she was that, that 
person that was organising everything. If I, don't, I don't think if it was, you know, if my mum hadn't have been there and doing that, we wouldn't have gone on these amazing family holidays because she was the one that was, you know, all the logistics behind it. My dad turned up and did the hiking. My mum found the holiday cottages and organised it and sorted it with friends and, you know, made it for what it was. So, yeah, really thankful to them. Um, and, yeah, they are my, my inspiration for getting outdoors. So, um, Secondly, I would have to say my friend Katie. Um, so I got into outdoor swimming with Katie. Uh, she was doing Red January and she was swimming every single day, just wow. in her swimming costume wow. in the lakes. Um, and I had this crazy moment of going, oh, I'll come along with you, Katie. <laughs> and I remember turning up and it was, I think it was about, the t air temperature was zero. Uh, the water temperature was four. Got in uh, Derwent water in my swimming costume with, there was snow on top of the mountains. Oh my God. Um, it was freezing. Um, I don't know how I did it. I actually nearly fainted afterwards because I think I was a little bit hypothermic, but we won't go into that. <laughs> but after that, um, it sprung a passion for the outdoor swimming. That's another form of really great outdoor therapy. Uh, Katie is currently um, undertaking a new little project uh, called Blue Mind Swims, where she's introducing people that you know could potentially use uh, cold water therapy mm -hmm. as um, a great way to you know um, help their mental health therapy mm. and go along with it. She's had a great few counsellors come along and they're recommending it to people. And it just gives people that opportunity to come in a safe environment because, you know, outdoor swimming has its real big risks. Um, and yeah, just, she's fabulous. She's, you know, if, if you've got the opportunity to go on one of them swims and meet Katie and um, get involved in the community, then go for it because, you know, she's so open and warm. and. Katie can ring me up and say, do you want to jump in the lake? And I'm like, yeah. And we'll go and we'll spend an evening and we can be out in the middle of Windermere, just bobbing around and just having the greatest chat and just putting the world to rights. So you just get out. And I remember actually being in, when we had lockdown and uh, you couldn't get out and about as much. The first time I got in the lake after that, and it was, a, it was actually really warm. Um, but yeah, we got in the lake and I just, sat for a minute and just looked at the hills and just thought oh I feel better you know mm -hmm. just that that release that just yeah so Katie's a definite inspiration I'm so glad she got me in that lake in the middle of January yeah. <laughs> um, and my third person I would say is my best friend Bryony she's um, she just has such a love for the outdoors um, you know, if you if anybody follows Bryony's story, she was somebody that had never been hiking before, and uh, a friend sort of got her into it, and she started a challenge with the Nuttles. Um, oh, those are the um, the the mountains over two thousand feet in England. That's it, yeah, Thank and God Wales, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> and so she's completed all the ones in England, and she's going on to the brilliant. ones in Wales now. And Bryony is brilliant. She's a brilliant advocate for people that want to get into hiking, but just kind of don't know where to start and especially she's doing a lot of the minute we're talking to other women about getting into hiking solo because Bryony goes out a lot on her own um, and while she'll be out she, she won't see another woman by herself she'll see women in groups she'll see women with other men uh, she's a lot of men on their own but not women and um, Bryony's doing a lot into trying to encourage other women to you know find that confidence and find them skills to come out and just give it a try really um, Bryony will go out in all weathers. She will get up at three, four in the morning to wow. drive somewhere and start a walk. So she is your real, 
she's not fair weather at all. She just absolutely loves it. And I know Bryony and I know if she's not had the opportunity to get out, um, when she does, it's just like a massive relief for her because I think she definitely sees it as her therapy too. So, Who, What's her name on Instagram? Uh, hike This Way. Great. So tips, Laura, if anyone is thinking of changing career or home and, and maybe looking to move to the Lake District, what would your advice be? Probably for me, it was finding a community first. So although I didn't necessarily move knowing I'd have great friends and uh, links, I sort of had built the foundation for that. Um, and it's just, if you don't ask, you don't get. I think, you know, moving in with James, he just, the, the opportunity was there and I, and I just sort of asked and he's, it, it worked out for both of us. He was going off and um, climbing some mountains in Ireland so he wasn't really going to be at home and it just gave him a little bit of opportunity for cash flow and it just gave me a bolt hole and somewhere to start and um, I think that was really helpful but to be honest a lot of it I did on winging it and I think you kind of just kind of have to have some guts and you have to go, you only get one life. You, I know as cliche as that sounds but you could waste a lot of time dreaming. Um, and I think sometimes you just need to bite the bullet and try the opportunity. And, you know, if it doesn't work out and it's not how you envisioned it, you, you don't have to stay, do you? You can go back, there's always, you can always backtrack, I think. You're not gonna be stuck anywhere. And I think as long as you know that in your gut, then why not try it? What should people know about the Lake District before they move here? Um, I think, it, it's looking in if you obviously I mentioned earlier a little bit about how your career might have to differ um, that maybe the opportunities aren't necessarily there if you've got a certain niche career um, or something that requires a lot of sort of city work but I think you know we're evolving aren't we there's a big change in working from home now and um, I think <laughs> the other thing to know about the Lake District is that you don't get anywhere fast uh, somewhere might seem you know, like when I first moved, I moved to Cockermouth and I was working in Windermere and it was a good hour commute. Yeah. And I sort of originally thought, I can do that, that's fine. Well, you know, there's sheep on the road and things happen and that's a long way to be driving every single day. So as the crow flies, somewhere might seem quite close, but possibly isn't. Um, the other thing I would say when I was looking is that on the outskirts of the Lake District, it's very cheap living. There's some, opportunities to buy houses that you know you could for a first time buyer you could get on the ladder really really easily um, you might not necessarily be quite smack bang in the middle of where you want to be in the national park but actually when you do then live here it's kind of nice to be on the outskirts mm. because these areas are honeypot areas and you do get a lot of tourists and it does become quite busy and sort of overrun so um, that's definitely something to look into if you wanted to live near a national park just looking on the outskirts because then you know 20 minutes half an hour you're right into the hills so you kind of got the best of both worlds really how about tips for getting outdoors more even if you don't live in somewhere like the lake district like you know when you were in essex mm. um i think looking on your doorstep is always a great idea because obviously we look on instagram and we see y your main um sort of 
big hills and you sort of think, yeah, that's what I want to do. But there is so much beauty to be found on your doorstep. And if you look closer to home, um, there's some brilliant little nooks and country parks and areas where you can still get that sort of same satisfaction um, being outdoors. But, you know, it's, there's our transport, you know, you can get on a train and I know people that, you know, will jump on a train from different areas and you can get to the Lake District and the bus routes are brilliant and, you know, you can be out and about and so it's it's nice and accessible and I think they're trying to promote that a little bit more in the Lake District now to try and cut the traffic flow that we have. You know, if you can get a bus ticket, I think it's something like £11.50 to go everywhere in the Lake District for a mm. day. So it's kind of like a no-brainer really, isn't it? And then you're not worrying about parking and um, but yeah, I would sort of say try and look closer to home as well and find your opportunities. Dig some maps out, have a look, circle an area, go. And if it's not necessarily what you expected, then it's not. But you don't have to always pick the areas that seem like the most popular. Laura, it's been brilliant. Thank you. You've, I mean, the way you've just told your story is definitely kind of given me a, a, something to aim for and mm. inspired me. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. It's lovely to have you here. Good. And I mean, really good luck with this next two years of this conversion of the barn. And I can't wait for when it's finished for you. It just sounds like it's a, a really, really special project and it's going to be an amazing life. Yeah, yeah. We just envision having a place where it's just open to our friends all the time, open to our family people can come and just stay and just really just relaxed and I just like where we are because we've just got you know got the Lake District on your doorstep you've got Yorkshire it's you know it really is fabulous and if anyone sees you on your postal round in the Langdales they'll give you a wave oh I definitely <laughs> yeah I like, I like a I do like to chatter on my post round so yeah. well thank you very much thank you thanks for listening to Laura's episode you can see photos of Laura's adventures and our recording on the Outdoors Fix website or on Instagram at the Outdoors Fix. You'll also find Laura on Instagram at Laura Lakes Posty. So that was the final episode of series five. Thank you so much for listening. And if you missed any of the other episodes in this series, pop back to your podcast provider and check them out. You could hear Renny Yassine's story. She's a youth worker and outdoors instructor in the Peak District or Debbie North's episode. Debbie explores walks all over the UK in her all-terrain wheelchair. Tolga Actus's episode was all about how he moved from electrical engineering into conservation. James Rebank spoke to me about his life as a shepherd and farmer, and Oge Ajizu told me about how she got addicted to hiking and became involved in Black Girls Hike. If you want to make the outdoors a bigger part of your life, my guests in this series provide a lot of inspiration and advice for making it happen. If you like the Outdoors Fix podcast, it would be brilliant if you could rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and if you could tell your friends and family about it to help spread the word. Now, it's that time to take a short moment to relax and listen to the sound of walking on snow while hiking in Snowdonia. I hope you enjoy it.
The Outdoors Fix is proudly supported by Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports, stores nationwide and online offering everything you need to equip you for the best outdoors experience.